I say hi, make sure that everything's up to snuff. And we're going to need a drug screen. Excuse me? It's a formality in the business. So do you want blood or urine? I think urine would be fine. And uh, we'll see you outside, okay? Have fun. Thanks. Hello, dear. Hi, Mama. Mr. Mayor used to say. Well, was it ass? Never let him see your ass. You know, you were a lot more fun when you were loaded. No, no, no! Relax, they're blank. I don't get your generation's humor half the time. Remember my 17th birthday party when you lifted your skirt up in front of all the I people, did not lift my guy Michael. It twirled up! And you weren't wearing any underwear. Meryl Streep, Shirley MacLaine, in a Mike Nichols film. Oh, Lowell, I'm sorry. Postcards from the Edge. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Welcome back, listeners. We haven't opened with a song in a while. It's been a it's been a couple weeks, but welcome back to the show, mm-hmm. listeners. This is another one that. Uh, we're new to this movie. We are new to this so movie. So you'll be uh, yep. interested to uh, to hear our thoughts on mm-hmm. it. But I'm really excited to get started. Um, I have been waiting to watch this movie for a long time, so very excited. But uh, my before we Pete. get started, you're Pete and I'm Scott, and these are the movies that made us gay. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Joshua Clement, it has been a while since we have had Joshua. you on our couch. Hi, guys. One Welcome of my back. favorite guests and good friend of mine. Um, and you brought a movie today that we had not seen. Which surprised me, yep. but not. It's in that kind of area we talk about of... I, I wouldn't, not, not movies lost to time with these people in this director, <laughs> but yeah. very kind of underseen. Yes. Um, Minor Merrill hit. It's yeah. been a, a big Merrill year on the podcast. Postcards from the Edge, released September 14th, 1990. Written by Carrie Fisher, based on her book, directed by Mike Nichols. 1990. Jeez Louise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, second Mike Nichols movie that we've done on the show. I could not remember what Mike Nichols movie we had done. We are over 200 episodes. Some of yeah. these are escaping me. But I was looking at his filmography, and it is the previous movie that he did before this one. Which Working is? Girl. Working Girl. So yeah, which in some ways feels like a response. <laughs> I mean, absolutely, yeah. especially all of the on-set scenes. I would imagine that they were there were probably similar conversations with Melanie Griffith on the set of that movie. Of you're not going to fuck up my movie, right? Yeah, I mean, what a what a 
interesting subject matter to then dive into given what he experienced coming off of that. Um, okay. We talk about our, uh, history with the movie, uh, at the top of these episodes, Scott and I don't have a long history with this movie. I do have a long history with Shirley MacLaine. You do? And so, uh, she is my godmother. No, I just enjoy (laughs) her films and friend of the family, especially, uh, Steel Magnolias. Um, I have to say, from what I know anecdotally of this movie and just my memories of it from the time frame, um, I expected more Shirley. Mm-hmm. I wanted more Shirley. Mm-hmm. Every time Shirley was not on screen, You're I was wondering, saying, where's hey, Shirley? Where's Shirley? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I think that she was so great in this. And, um, you know, just when you get into all of the kind of... Just like legends and lore of this whole like Carrie Fisher kind of autobiographical elements, and and you and you hear about you know uh, Debbie Reynolds and the and the real people behind it. You're just, it's just so intriguing. Um, but Shirley MacLaine is so funny in this. She's yeah. so yeah, she's really funny. Good. And in every scene, she's just like I just want more of her. And I, I mean, Mer- Meryl's great. She's Meryl Streep. <laughs> I'm not you know I'm not here to say that. Uh, She's second banana, but it's just like for me, I'm watching this and I'm like, this is Shirley McLean movie. And I would love to see uh, more on uh, what is her character's name is um, Doris Mann. Doris Mann. Yeah. So that was kind of my thing going in. I was like, I kind of expected it to be more almost along the lines of Mother. Yeah. With Debbie Reynolds. Right. You know. So um, so that was kind of my, yeah. my initial hot And you could probably that. argue that Shirley is playing a little more um, Debbie Reynolds as Meryl. I think it's kind of, I mean, it's definitely Carrie, but I think that it's definitely its own ca- take on the character. It's probably a little more of the character that she wrote in the book, but I kind of see a lot of... Debbie Reynolds and Shirley's performance, but I but I do see Carrie and what Meryl's doing. Yeah, sure. I can see a lot of her line. I can delivery. see a little bit of both. I can see a lot of Meryl's line delivery, things that she's doing that she doesn't normally do, and I think she's thinking, "This is how Carrie would say it." And I re- I really think that I saw a lot of it when I was watching. I was like, "That yeah. it's is interesting." A Carrie line delivery because so much. I mean, she wrote the screenplay, so obviously there's a lot of Carrie Fisher isms in it. But I, there's so many lines that I'm like. That's a Carrie line. That's a Carrie joke. Like you, I you know her style yeah. of humor. This is very wordy kind. of A lot of, of that line. comes from the script. You know. It's funny to watch all the press of that when you see Carrie being interviewed about it, and she's just like, you know, this movie is not autobiographical. But then you'll kind of get her backtracking of, right. who am yeah. I joking? And even like it is. Yeah, even <laughs> Debbie, I think, is on CNN at the time, and just like this is not me. But then. You know, you obviously read stuff about the casting process right. where maybe she kind of wanted role, to do yeah. it. And Mike Nichols say, how much, you're not right for the how role. How much fun would that have been to have seen Debbie Reynolds? Like, that's very Joan and Melissa. Very juicy. Well, I think Debbie Reynolds kind of did go on to play this role on Will and Grace. Right. Sure. You know, Absolutely. She, when she is when she played that Grace's mother. So um, what is it? Bobby, Bobby Adler. She was just like killing it on that. And it's very much this because that Bobby Adler is like an actress and right. of a certain age and, and she gets to be big over yeah. the top Debbie Reynolds. And it's so funny. It, it is funny. You highlighting wanting more of the Shirley. Cause 
it, I have not read the actual novel, and it mm. was interesting for me to learn right. this go around that the mother is hardly in the novel, only in about ten pages. And so yeah. anything we see in the script was obviously fleshed to right. make her present. So that is interesting yeah. that you, yeah. you know. And it's, I mean, well, Carrie, again, Carrie adapted it herself from her own novel. So it's like, you know, give herself the credit. But yeah. it, but also credit does go to, to Shirley for making it that, yes. you know, this, this, right. this character. And um, yeah, so good. Very magnetic. <laughs> what is your background with this movie? Do you remember first watching it? Um, it's definitely this falls in like a movie my mom would put on sure oh yeah um, in yeah. high school area um it's funny i i would get to star wars in high school but you know i gotta say something like this but really even more when harry met sally right is when i first see or heard that okay carrie fisher's this person oh and she had drug issues and right. she wrote this movie about and so i mean it got me being a huge singing in the rain lover got me kind of going down this path of their relationship. Also more of Debbie. I mean, I would later read Debbie's autobiography and it is, it is interesting. You know, what gets embellished for something like this? Um, you know, she likes to drink, but you know, I wouldn't say she's an alcoholic like Shirley is in this. And it's more just kind of Carrie's memories of, I mean, of course, like you remember vivid memories of your parents being drunk. (laughs) <laughs> too like that just kind of like colors your memory and when you're writing about it it's just like clearly she probably didn't have a drinking problem but these are memories from like a child yeah it's kind of an interesting point of view if you know what i mean there yeah. and you come to mm-hmm. find out that carrie that they the two of them really fought more when she was younger right and so these fights during you know her rehab time and and such that really was kind of this was on their road to becoming super close. Right, right, right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, Debbie Reynolds is just, just such a fascinating person, you know? And it's like, she's just so, I mean, and it's like, when you kind of dig deep and see, watch, you know, watch interviews with her and kind of learn a little bit more about her, that she was a little different than just the kind of, Hollywood starlet America's sweetheart right. thing, you know, because yeah, she was like the triple threat, the song singing, dancing, acting, but like she genuinely was really funny. And like, she would do things like go on Johnny Carson and, and do impressions of other actors, right? Like right in front of them and in front of Carson and yeah. like just have this huge boisterous personality. And it's like, yeah, to be in that kind of like shadow, I guess, um, would be, I, I guess, a tough ride. And as a, a real as an studio workhorse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Until yeah, the yeah. system ended. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. The studio workhorse that, if anything, was taken for granted at the time, too, that she didn't, she only got one Oscar nomination. So, I mean, she got recognized by her peers to an extent, but she just constantly worked, Yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of am with you, uh, Josh, as far as like my mother loved when Harry met Sally, we'd watch (laughs) that a lot. And, um, it's one of those things that my mom is, uh, a year older than Carrie Fisher. So she has this 
kind of thing. And I think we have it too. You know, when you, when there are certain actors or actresses that you like that are your age that you just have this yeah. affinity with. Mm-hmm. You're like because they're my age that you know. So I kind of see what's you going kind on of with them. you kind of more growing or less up with grow them. up with them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So for for her, Carrie Fisher and Jamie Lee Curtis were kind of those yeah. two that were like they're my girls, they're my age, right? And um, I also read that Janet Lee really was lobbying That's to get wild. this with her and Jamie Lee. Having, which, which would have been... A, I think it could have worked. <laughs> yeah. Could Jamie Lee have pulled off the, the role? Coming off you guys just... As well as I don't Mara. know. I mean, yeah, we're, we're, off just, of Freaky we're Friday. just coming off of Freaky Friday. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it would have Janet been... Janet Lee would have been very charming. Janet Lee would have worked. Yeah. I think it would have been very challenging very challenging for Jamie Lee Curtis. Like Not that she couldn't have done it, it though. I like she could have tackled it. Yeah. yeah. She's funny. It's very interesting, though. Yeah, I didn't know edgy. that. Yeah, yeah I mean, this is all MDB trivia. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like, take that for what it is. But apparently, um, Mike Nichols, before he reached out to Shirley MacLaine, also reached out to Lee Remick, who only couldn't do it. She ended up passing of cancer shortly. Sure. But that was a possibility. But yeah, the Janet Lee, that's fascinating. Yeah. But I mean, do you also want to know why that could be a complete and total pile of garbage? Because further down the line, the list of IMDb trivia, there's one tidbit that says that when Meryl gets off the wall, when she's hanging, that Classic image of her hanging, yeah, and then releasing her hands and not going anywhere because she's not really hanging. Mm-hmm. She climbs off the wall, and right as she climbs off, there is a stand-in. They're like at the stand-in. Stand-in comes in. The IMDb trivia says that that woman is Meryl Streep's daughter, <laughs> who was zero years old. I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, IMDb. Mamie Gummer was born in 1991. I did, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a great stand-in, but that's so funny. It looks like her. Yeah. You know, when you're watching, it looks like one of one of the daughters. She has two. Right? I mean, real. I mean, it could have been just Meryl's stand-in at the time. It probably was just Meryl's it was probably real, just real stand-in, yeah. right? Because I know that actresses tend to they get actors, them actors get actors that height, look, weight, yep. you know, but, but to do the lighting so and all that. But the IMDb trivia says that it is her daughter. And couldn't they do some further research? The reason why Meryl didn't sing the song at the Oscars was because she was pregnant. <laughs> yes, like actually pregnant. <laughs> Maybe who'd be born a year later. And that she has an older daughter, but her older daughter was born in like 87 or 88. Oh my. And like Mike had previously worked with Meryl on Heartburn. Did he direct Heartburn? This other weird slot of okay. weird Mike Nichols <laughs> underseen, but also the, the funny connection that here she is playing another real-ish ish person with Nora Ephron. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's right. Harper was Nora it's, Ephron's it's kind yeah. of like, yeah. And that's Jack Nicholson? Yeah. Jack Nicholson. Playing against her? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but what an interesting kind of... Yeah. No. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this movie starts off hot. With a bang. <laughs> this movie starts off wild. I'm like those opening right. those opening scenes got me. We're getting we're getting Gene Hackman in here, and it's like obviously I'm like okay, this is the we know that this is a, a story of Hollywood, you know this Hollywood family and all that. So I'm like clearly this is not a scene from this movie. Like I'm not like I didn't just fall off the turnip truck. This like <laughs> helicopter. helicopter and we're in like South America somewhere. I'm like clearly this is a scene that they're shooting, and then I realize this is one take, and then we realize <laughs> that this is entire tape. Is completely looped because yeah. that helicopter, you can't hear shit of what's going on. So, we're like, this is looping. Is Which weird. is kind of clever because it's going through your mind and then they call it back later when she's brought in to do the looping, to yeah. do the ADR yeah. work. Like, that's kind of clever direction. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, yeah. you're 
you're thinking it at the moment. Yeah. And then, you know, and then Meryl gets like slapped across the face. And you're like, oh, what? Um, Those opening scenes got me though. But they do that thing <laughs> that I kind of don't like when it's like, they're, if they're shooting a movie or something in a movie and mm-hmm. you see it and like, or then like they mess up a take and they just laugh. And they're just laughing. And I'm like, cut. Not, not that funny. <laughs> I'm like, y'all, y'all are fake laughing. Um, but yeah, this just started off hot. And I was like, oh, okay. We got, we're doing this now. We're getting Gene Hackman in for the two minutes to be the director, you know, of this, of the fake movie. I mean, this movie is this full is of. This is Mike Nichols. This yeah, movie this is, is full of performances like Cameos. That. Just kind of cameo, actors that yeah. just do a day's worth of yeah. work and kind of knock it out of the park and then leave. Yeah. No, I did think that at first I was like, all right, Gene Hackman, we're, we're showing off here, bringing in the big guns for like these two teeny tiny roles but later on he did kind of redeem like okay there is a lot of meat in this little baby role that he's playing of this director did you like that he said he based it off of richard donner <laughs> okay oh, i can see I that can see, i can see i can see, I can dick, see dick, dick donner, donner. <laughs> and this is the, and this is the type of movie that dick donner would be directing too yeah i mean and the goonies commentary they have they have like they talk about him lecturing them all about these people want to go home. You kids need to yeah. get your shit together. Yeah. You're the reason why we're going over our time for the day. Yeah. You, Yelling at these kids. You definitely get the, the feeling that Mike Nichols was like, we're going to fill out the shot because mo- there's a lot of people on a movie set. It's not just going to be sure. a couple yes. little people. It's right, going right, to be right. everyone's and, waiting yeah. around. Also, yeah. I'm kind of a huge sucker for stuff like that, especially in this movie when they just block scenes of Meryl just kind of walking around these sets. On a back lot. Yeah. On the back lot. Yeah. Like, I mean, it kind of looks like, at times, it's the Warner lot or the Universal yeah. lot, and there's just all of this world of Hollywood existing around them. Yeah. I think that shit yeah. is so cool. That's because you guys like the tram tour. I love <laughs> that. We love the tram tour. <laughs> when we get to go through Colonial Street, we're like the only two like idiots. We're like, like and hollering. in the background, like, yeah! <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody's like, Dom Toretto's car. And we're like, what? Who? <laughs> but they're like, they're passing through the house that has the fake snow on it. Well, There's, but they did that. Yep. They did that really well because in the one scene with Dennis Quaid, oh, it man. looks like a neighborhood. You're like, oh, they're just walking down the street somewhere. And then you love that guy sitting on the porch and then yeah. it, it all drives <laughs> and away. It drives away. And it, yeah. I guess it, it's just the theme of that Hollywood is just this fake yeah. yeah it's just this fake environment that you surround yourself with yeah the smoke yeah. mirrors of it yeah. all yeah i kind of uh, we'll we'll get to dennis quaid in a minute <laughs> in a minute because 1990 this is this is peak dennis quaid and i was like <laughs> are are we going to get a, get a dennis quaid ass shot and Damn we it! Did. We sure did. We kind of got a little peek <laughs> at that Damn it, we got yep. some and you know he was fully naked in that shower cuz it's like they didn't care about the socks then. No, no. And it's Dennis Quaid. He's not he's no stranger to showing off those buttons. <laughs> no, no. In a in a movie. Inner space. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, are we gonna get it? Are we gonna oh, we got it. We got it. He's gotta show off that bod. Dennis Quaid, yeah. rely, relying on that body since like <laughs> I was reading that a role 80s. that Harrison Ford turned down. Oh, that would have got. I think that they that they want for Harris. They wanted to go really on the nose, knowing yeah. what we know now. Yeah. That would have been oh, really. Oh man, up. yeah. They Ooh. wanted to go really on the nose Ooh, with Harrison, girl. and he's just like, you know, I probably got to sit this one out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Interesting. I, I just, I you gotta love that about Carrie on her deathbed. Yeah, I slept with him. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> I think it was around this time. You know, okay, so the other interesting thing is, my, you know, my mother loves when Harry met Sally. I loved it. My sister loved it. We would just, we got the tape, uh, watch it all the time, you know. And I feel like I was very quick to kind of separate that's 
Carrie Fisher. That's not Princess Leia to yeah. me. I yeah. can see her as Carrie. She's got the short hair, like, and and in that role, she's just like this sardonic kind of like probably a role that Nora Ephron wrote as Carrie Fisher mm-hmm. when she was writing. I the have her in mind. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, and so yeah, I was easily able to kind of separate that. Yeah. But then I think it might have been this movie, or at least the book. When I started hearing a lot of, like, talk from, like, my older sister, like, oh, like, I guess the whole thing is that uh, Carrie was just completely, like, coked out of her mind all through Return of the Jedi. And I was like, what? You always hear about the coke <laughs> finger. <laughs> the coke nail. Yeah, the coke nail. And Return of the Jedi. Yep. Um, yeah. I th- I think she just broke uh, the uh, adjacent nails on the same hand because the other hand has long nails, too, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, I remember hearing that and being like scandalized because I'm, you know, I'm like 10. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was around this time that that started kind of coming out that she was like saying like, oh yeah, I was completely like, right. Just like blasted out of my mind on, the, on <laughs> those movies. Um, and yeah, I think just this movie, just being part of like pop cultural, like kind of zeitgeisty right, thing exactly. and, and, and being that it was Carrie Fisher and, and me being like an 11 year old boy and much Scott same thing let's <laughs> being 10 11 year old boys like watching Siskel and Ebert yes yes <laughs> that's very much me what did what did what did they have to say about this Siskel or Siskel and Ebert we watched there a little kind bit of, of Siskel and Ebert in the movie and Roger Ebert's review I read it today and he says, I really like the movie, but he does think the movie gets lost around along the way of it being a story about drug addiction. That it kind of turns into this mother and daughter story. Oh, I remember I think what he that said. Roger kind of wanted it to focus more on the rehab portion. Well, he, of the also, story. he also said, too, that oh, he didn't like that it kind of wrapped itself up into a nice little package at the end. Yeah. She had a nice kind of reconciliation aha moment with mom. She had a good like drug yeah. moment with like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Richard Dreyfus, I guess. He said her work life, her rehab and her mom relationship all kind yeah. of tied up in little bows, each one yeah. of them. Which, Which is, I guess yeah. he says the movie forgets its original impulse and turns into a comedy of manners. Interesting. And and I in in a way you get it, but also knowing Carrie's personality. Right. How she, you know, really tried to make light of so much darkness. Right, right, right. Um, and it's also a movie. What's it going to be like? And I and I fell right. off the wagon like six yeah. months later. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, this is a feature film like yeah. for the masses. So you're, you, and I think Carrie just knows how to write a screenplay. Yeah. And if you're going to write a screenplay in three acts, you're going to tie things up at the end. So I feel yeah. like right. that's just kind of their direction that, she took it in. We're gonna, you know, it's gonna resolve itself. Yeah, and it's like obviously, um, you know, these two characters, the mother and the daughter, have a, an ongoing relationship after, you know, the car accident and the and the turban and the hospital bed. But like, it's just a nice button for the two of them because I think mm-hmm. their relationship, which I feel should have been central to the movie, <laughs> is kind of uh, a catalyst for. Different events. Yeah, and, yeah. 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 So it's, it kind of didn't get the big ending. Like she got her big moment, you know, right. in her career at the end. That was kind of the big, like, ending of the movie. But, um, yeah, I, I, at first I was like, mm, I don't know. I think it's great performances, but 
the more I think about it, the more I'm like, it's, it's a really solid screenplay. Yeah. Like, yeah. This, as a screenplay, it's, like, really well done as far as, like, where we start, where we go in the middle, and how it does resolve itself. So, I, I, I do like all that. Great quotes and just things she says oh that God. are so... Yeah, yeah. I wrote down a few of my so favorite... Smart. yeah. I wrote down a few of my favorite quotes of, I can't feel my life. I really mm. like that one. <laughs> it's important to enjoy your turn. I also really like that quote from the movie, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're designed more for public than for private. Yep. Yes. Yep. When she's talking to, uh, well, okay. So we talked a little bit about the cameos. So okay. So that's that was the thing. That was the thing because so early on in the movie, it's like, boom, Gene Hackman. Uh, oh, there's Richard Dreyfus all of a sudden. And, and your working girl carryover. Yeah. The, the <laughs> Oliver Platt. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the Richard Dreyfus portion. Okay. I, well, I did not know this, but I could tell that, oh, this is so specific oh, of right, sending you flowers after mm. you pump somebody's stomach. This had to happen to Carrie. Sure. Just because this right. is such a weird, specific story that it has to be true. And right. then when we were watching Wishful Drinking, I think that yeah. she talked about it. Yes. Yeah. This is not where she deviated off. Mm-hmm. This is like direct. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's just one of those moments that yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. Like, so, okay, so Richard Dreyfus is there at the very beginning uh, when she gets dropped off at the emergency room by Dennis Quaid. And I'm like, okay, 1990 Richard Does Dreyfus. Does it open at her house or his? Who has the Oscar? I was wondering this the I entire movie. I think it's him. It's him. I think it's his place. Okay. His, his, yeah, yeah, I think it was his place. Yeah, she drives from his place. Yeah. Um, I thought. But, okay, so then later on at the end of the movie when Richard Dreyfus comes back... And they have their little talk, and he's like, oh, with the flowers or whatever. And I was like, is Richard Dreyfus hot? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I can't tell. What, do I, what am I thinking right now? <laughs> am I crazy? Because I don't know. I always kind of think he's just like a little mensch. He's, just he's kind of like cute in Jaws. Yeah. Jaws yeah. when he's in his 20s, but mm-hmm. looks like... <laughs> yeah, it looks like he's 38, but he's like a kid. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's something about him when he was just like being this like doctor yeah. that was just like, oh, yeah, I sent you flowers, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, Richard Dreyfus. Okay. I, mean, I, I see what you got there. It's <laughs> like a couple, yeah. couple years later, you know, I'm finding him charming in Mr. Holland's opus. Uh, <laughs> I mean, turns out he's kind of a weirdo, but, you know. Right. He's a grumpy guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, the the... The himbo Dennis Quaid of it all. Oh my God, Dennis Quaid. Jeez, <laughs> like Louise. six foot tall, ruin your life. Skinny frame. Yeah, <laughs> he. I've, yeah, I feel like he's ruined a lot of people's lives. Um, but yeah, uh, I was kind. Of, that was another thing too. He's there so early in the movie, and then he like yeah. does that thing. He drops her off at the emergency room. You're like, oh my god, he's fully just <laughs> leaving her there. Oh my god. But then we don't see him again for a while, and it I was is. like, was that it? I was like, was that the whole? No, that wasn't the whole thing. There's more of him in the trailer. It was like, he's got to come back. He's back. Yeah, and then yeah, and then I was confused. I was like, he's a producer, right? I was like, why is he just waltzing around the set like nobody's right? Been? He's just like on the outskirts, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but seemingly important on the back lot. Yeah, so I think he's a producer. Right? I mean, with that Malibu house, right? Yeah, uh, the ranch, <laughs> yeah. the ranch in Malibu. Yeah, and then something somebody said something about how like how successful he is or whatever. So I was like, right. yeah, I think. I think he's a producer. Making his way through all the women on set. Oh, my God. I almost picture him being more like a Michael Douglas type. Right. I mean, even though they don't hint that he's an actor, I could almost right. see this as a this is a writer slash director and producer. Yeah, he has some mm-hmm. sort of sway on a set. 
did you did you like when uh, there when Shirley MacLaine first picks her up out of rehab, you know, mm. in the coat and everything? Did you love the uh, the gaze recognizing her? Oh my god! Well, first <laughs> I of love all, that scene. first of all, she's in the rehab, and mm. it's this moment where they're like there with their significant others, and the parent or yeah, yeah, and CCH Pounder is like, okay, we're gonna take a break. Talk with your significant other, and they stand up, and I was like, "Oh, look at the two gay guys at the front," because <laughs> one of them had like a sweater wrapped around his shoulders, and there were two guys, and you know, one of, and she said significant others or parents, and yeah, and one had a sweater wrapped around her shoulders. I was like, "Oh, those, they they put in two gay guys in the rehab." <laughs> And then they came Bart out. does and you in his drag yeah. show. Bart, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> and, um, I mean, but yeah, I can imagine, like, 80s, 90s drag queens being like, I'm doing Debbie Reynolds, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and it's probably something that happened to Carrie when she went to rehab that these gay guys just, like, approached her mom. Yeah. Recognizing yeah. her. Yeah. When, when, uh, when Debbie came to visit her. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Love that. Oh, so good. <laughs> and... Yeah, I love that scene. And I didn't mean to plan this out because I have been here for Sister Act before, uh, but I didn't know we'd I'd get a repeat Mary Wicks. Mary Wicks, oh, Mary <laughs> grandma. Wicks' grandma. Yeah, that was cute and unexpected. Mm-hmm. And who's the guy from Different Strokes? It's as Conrad Bain, Conrad Mr. Bain. Drummond, yeah, yep. as, as Mrs. As grandpa. grandpa. Yak, yak, yak. Couldn't, who couldn't hear anything. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so fun. But, yeah, again, it's like it's that thing when we watched, we watched, uh, what's what's the show called, the Broadway show we just watched? Wishful uh, Drinking. Wishful yeah. Drink. yep. We just watched Wishful Drinking on on, uh, on Max. And, yeah, when she does bring up the grandparents, I was like, oh, yeah, that is clearly this Mary Wicks character that she wrote into yeah. this movie. It is absolutely. The Even, same, like, you know? direct grandma quote, yeah, the cry, cry all you want, you'll pee less. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah made it right in there. It's oh, so good. Yeah, um, what a hoot. Yeah, yeah. And just, I love that idea of, you know, we're, we're throwing a, a party <laughs> for Suzanne. For, you know, for a surprise a, party. A surprise party she didn't ask for. Yeah. For graduating rehab. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah. And we're going to have competing song and dance oh, yeah. numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that's an, and that's an aspect in Debbie and Carrie's books that there definitely was that piece of their home that was like we're, we're going to perform for right. the guests right right you know right. we're yeah. going to entertain yeah. well i can see debbie doing that yeah. for sure but that's something that i had didn't realize that carrie does have this kind of song and dance background yeah. i never really um kind of thought about you know because like so you young. like we, we were talking earlier that debbie reynolds did have that like vegas era and uh dinner theater era where she was doing these live shows like in the in the 70s because all these husbands took all the money took all took her for all she was worth man and so yeah for her to bring carrie on along with her to these nightclub acts and just like do a little you know yeah i mean up until college right yeah talking about taking her out of out of high school to be like a chorus girl yeah yeah um oh i did read another kind of uh tidbit that that liza Really enjoyed this movie. Yes, well, I'm, it, sure uh, that, I'm sure that Liza probably relates a lot, yes. a lot to the story. Yeah, she was like, I saw a lot of myself and yeah. my mom. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was you could see that. Yeah, and I, I do love that kind of like. I, again, I say like kind of like legendary like lore kind of quality about this. Like, oh, did you hear Janet Lee really wanted to do it with her and Jamie Lee and like and like Liza loved it and like all that stuff and like what? Who would have really and 
you know, did Debbie Reynolds really kind of lobby for it? Was she like, yeah, I want this part. Like, it's me. And then later on saying, like, well, I didn't really actually. I didn't have vodka for breakfast. Right. But, but also joking that Mike Nichols said, you know, you're not right for the part. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Sure. And that's something that I feel like Debbie would tell anecdotally. Right. Because it's funny. Yeah. You know, like... I. I, you know, I went to Mike and I said, I really want to do this. And he said, you're not right for the party. It's like, that's <laughs> yeah. a joke. That's it. We're going to go in a different direction. Yeah, it's such a body, yep. like, hoary joke that Debbie Reynolds tells on talk shows, you know? Yeah. And it just kind of, like, is, is perfect for that that character, that persona that, that, that she is, that we love. The hello, dear. It's your mother, <laughs> Debbie. Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I joke a lot about the cinematic masterpiece Connie and Carlo. Ah, yes. Starring Nia Vardalos and Tony Collette <laughs> and one Debbie Reynolds as herself. And oh, I forget that Cheap does play herself yeah. in the movie. <laughs> well, the whole thing is that they model revamping a West Hollywood drag bar into a dinner theater mm. a la Debbie Reynolds because yeah. she has, I guess she had a chain of dinner theaters throughout right. like the East and the South. Um, because I feel like Debbie Reynolds did lose a lot of money from her husbands, but then kind of... Most she, notably the third husband, but right? But she always kind of, yeah. like, had a lot of, like, ups and downs because doesn't she... Or didn't she have, like, a really extensive memorabilia collection? Yes, the, the Like, costumes. she owned, like, costumes and props and stuff oh, from, doesn't, like, movies. Oh, doesn't Chanel on RuPaul's Drag Race talk about getting yes, something from, from, from... a Debbie Reynolds auction. From a Debbie Reynolds auction. Yeah, yeah that was a big thing that was yeah. going on. Um, the, the dance studio just recently closed. I think they do virtual, but she had the, the Debbie, Debbie Reynolds dance studio. Oh. But yeah, that must have come after all the Vegas yeah, dinner Yeah, theater. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the third husband took a lot, but, I mean, that second one, Harry Carl, the shoe guy, he, <laughs> he, he was no help either. The shoe guy. Yeah, I love all of those clips and wishful drinking of him. Just like this old man, just like (laughs) sitting around a Palm Springs pool is like as like five year old Carrie is running around. Yeah, and I Mm -hmm. love that any references to these men in postcards is he's watching Jeopardy. He's he's watching you know Price is Right. Yeah, (laughs) you know. Oh, now you talk. You know, like I was curious. A non non entity. I was curious of how much postcards from the edge would go into an Eddie Fisher like her f- a first stand in for right. Eddie Fisher. Well, the other interesting yep. rumor was that Jerry Orbach yep. shot scenes oh. as as, as daddy. the father. Okay. And he's sneaking up, you know, cuz cuz that's another interesting thing is that mm-hmm. Eddie Fisher was basically out of her life until Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. And he comes back. I mean, they even do drugs together, you know, in sure. real life. But the fact that he was such a, a non-presence, you know, through childhood. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Um, that- yeah. And I think they mention. I think Doris mentions some veil, like... Something about Something dad. about the, fa- the father yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, That's right. Um, but it is interesting they, that something was shot and was cut yeah, out. Yeah, okay. Him, him kind of sneaking... Sure. Sneaking in to say hi. Okay, Jerry Orbuck, that that that's right. Although yeah. Jerry Orbuck is very tall. Very tall man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting, um, with Meryl and Shirley when they would when they were in scenes together, Shirley is a little taller uh-huh. than Meryl. And Debbie Reynolds is, was a tiny little tiny, tiny. And Carrie Fisher was five two. Yeah. They're maybe. little they're a little pint sized yeah, woman. Yeah. And Debbie was like probably smaller than Carrie Fisher, so she was like it. So I just thought it was kind of interesting to be like, well, <laughs> that's one thing that I was like, okay. Yeah. But other than that, Shirley is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and 
I don't know if you came across this in your travels, but the house where they shoot this was not a soundstage. It was a real house. Oh, okay. Do we know whose house this belonged to? No. Connie Stevens. Oh, get oh, the wow. Out. So it's like a full circle moment. <laughs> Eddie Fisher's Carrie's ex-wife. Stepmother. Se- stepmother Connie Stevens. Wow. Jo- Jolie's mom. The visual eggs, the visual aids of wishful drinking of her <laughs> with the whole the family, family tree. Yeah. Of the Hollywood incest. Yeah. I love that Yeah, shit. if you guys haven't seen it's it. It's so good. Just even to see the family tree portion, to see how all these people are connected is, is quite funny. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So this idea that, you know, she is, she's a working actress. Um, I think we are to kind of believe that uh, Meryl's character, at least, um, Suzanne, Suzanne Vale, was a little bit more successful earlier in her career, and the kind of drugs have kind of given her career a little bit of a nosedive. And because she has this, like, overdose at the top of the movie, now she's uninsurable to move on, right? But I love the scene with the agent, and it's her and, and, and Doris, her and Shirley. Yes. Talking to the agent, and the agent's just telling her, like... They won't insure you. Like you're, you're a risk. You're high risk, and and they'll, they'll take you on for this movie. But you have to live with your mother, and that scene is wonderful. How we can insure you? Yeah. Did you love his office location? That yeah. I was. That's where I was going. Looks I'm right like, over Man's Chinese yeah. Theater. Uh, He's do. sitting in Jimmy Kimmel's attic. Just oh, yeah. <laughs> like, his window has the, the Chinese theater right across the street. But yeah, I, I love that scene and just their, their dynamic. And you know who this actor is. I'm looking at his who he was married right to. now. Who is he married to? This is Lucille Gary Morton. Ball. I was going to say he produced the Lucy show. So oh, this is Gary one of Lucy's oh, ex-husbands. I love it. That's yeah. funny. Okay. Yeah, I think I think he was the he was more of a, a stand-up comedian. Sure. Um, yeah, he but, was. A- but, Opening he, act for Tony Bennett. Yeah. And that's yeah. how we met his future wife, Lucille Lucy. Ball. He was wow. the one yeah. who Lucy was like, you can stop working. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> he can go ahead and quit those those clubs. Um, yeah. And I love how he keeps referring to himself as Uncle Marty. Uncle Marty. Uh, and yeah, just surely talking about like, <laughs> you know, and, and my agents and this and that. Oh, man. It's, it's such a great scene. And times have changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I love all the stuff about like. Daryl Zanuck sitting on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or who I forgot. Or, or was it Mayor? I, I think, think it was Mayor. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Mayor. Mayor was sitting on the toilet. Daryl Zanuck said, had another, there was another quote about him. Never would have happened in my day. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, all that, sh- all that shit was so great. But um, yeah, I love the, this idea that like, okay, we'll ensure you if you live with, you know, with your mother, somebody, resp- a responsible party. Yeah. So she's like, oh my God, like, I haven't lived with my mother since I was like 17, whatever. But it just sets up this really great kind of like living situation for her. And this thing at that time that that would be the worst thing when, you know, the real life counterparts we know that they would end up living next Next door to each each other. other. Yeah, till the end of their lives. Connected properties is so so wild. Yeah, totally. But it's interesting because I feel like Carrie's career, like I feel like acting wasn't always biggest thing that she did like, right it was more so the writing like it yeah. was there writing. but yeah yeah like how many books did she write like i think that and you could tell that she enjoyed writing a lot more than acting yeah mm-hmm. yeah and she didn't just write like memoirs she wrote right. like like novels right she wrote yeah. like fiction well, I mean, postcards and, from the edge is isn't fiction it's not yeah. quite a memoir yeah. right it's not yeah. quite a memoir yeah. 
And there's even like technically some follow-up to that, which more touches on the idea of a gay husband. Oh, okay. All right. Um, okay. So of yeah, this character? I think like it's a Suzanne Vale. So so okay. yeah, we're constantly blurring this line. You know? Okay. That's that's interesting. Um, I remember her going on uh and I talked about this in uh in our first wife's club. I remember Carrie Fisher going on Arsenio mm. and plugging a book. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. But yeah. she was just talking about her books. There was like M T V interviews. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, she was still big enough to get a late night syndicated. Yeah. <laughs> it was Arsenio. <laughs> but, you know, a late night talk show to plug a book. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Celebrities. Gosh. Princess Ca- Leia goes far. Yeah. Carrie's <laughs> career in the mid-80s is kind of wild. It's like, <laughs> she was doing respectable movies like Hannah and Her Sisters. Right. With Diane Weist. But then she was doing, like, Hollywood Vice Squad the same year. <laughs> So, which, which we see in this which movie, which we see a little, which we see kind of parodied on, in this movie, this crazy cop movie that she's doing. But you can definitely see that she's not in, in a lot of weird TV she's movies, doing right? a lot series. of that's weird TV that's movies. That's what I'm saying. She yep. wasn't exactly doing these A list like yeah. movie acting projects at the mm-hmm. time, but she was writing the hell out of these books, you know. Um, so, but I, but yeah, like we said, and uh, like we said that I think she really enjoyed that more, but then you also hear a lot of like, uh, that she worked extensively kind of like as a script doctor. Yeah. Yeah. So she would do rewrites on, yeah. I mean, we talked on Hollywood to, movies. We talked about that in our hook episode a little yeah. bit, yeah. but but how in, there's like in interviews at this time where I remember one specifically mentioned Spielberg and there's nothing on her thing I can think of that she would have been working unless she was like script doctoring, you know. She probably worked yeah. a little bit on Hook. I remember reading that she did uh, some punch-ups on Interview with the Vampire. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So, she must have been pushing on Arsenio a book entitled Surrender the Pink. Okay. And this was a romance novel, uh, semi-autobiographical, fictionalizing the events from her real life, said to be loosely based on her short marriage <laughs> to Paul Simon. Okay, so yes. we, we go into this territory. Yeah, again. she did Postcards from the Edge in 87, Surrender to the Pink in 90, Delusions of Grandma. Love that title. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like you get these like crazy, not crazy, but it's like I, th- I feel like you can really call out like Carrie Fisher-isms. Yeah, I mean, she's Just got these, so much material, even yeah, if she's fictionalizing. Yeah, yeah, Delusions of Grandma. I mean, even the title Postcards from the Edge is a great title. It's like, okay. Right. Um, the Best Awful There Is in 2004. She's got one, two, three nonfiction books, and then, yeah, she, yeah she's pretty prolific as, as far as like authoring uh, novels and nonfiction. She was doing it, you know, for someone yeah. with a lot of addiction issues that mm-hmm. yeah. surely pumping out the material. Yeah, absolutely. It's Love just that. so interesting of how she ended up kind of stumbling into a movie like Star Wars. Right. Of just, I don't think that Carrie was really looking for <laughs> a huge property like that to be tied to. I mean, how could you? Coming out of... Walking into that audition that you're going in for this Weird science fiction movie. I guess that I'll read for it. Right, coming out of London mm-hmm. theater school, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that I think that was the idea. Was just that Star Wars. When you watched the um, the casting footage, I love the casting footage. The casting footage is great. It's great. It's her Terry Nunn from Berlin. Who uh, like reading for Laverne and Shirley, Cindy Williams, Cindy Williams. Oh, wow, could have yep. had could have had Shirley Feeney as Princess Leia. <laughs> It just looks like it was 
who's who of a yeah. certain age. They're just like, come in. Open, got, open casting call. We got these like roles. 19 we through got, 25. Yeah. Got a couple mm-hmm. parts. Come down and read for them. And also, Brian De Palma's making a horror movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Read, read both. Read back to back. Yeah. With no real expectation. Chances but... are you might end up in one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, with no real expectation, but George Lucas can explain the entire universe to you if you want. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, I think I don't think anybody went into Star Wars thinking obviously what it would become. But um, yeah, it's interesting uh, that her her acting career is not as uh, I don't know. It's, it's there. <laughs> it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, okay, so I think I want to talk about Meryl and how she's like handling this character because it is a very interesting character to be like uh yes her mother is a a famous movie star right but you know to i don't know it's it's interesting to kind of play this character who's like a an adult woman who's just like kind of in and out of and it's not like alcohol it's like this drug rehab right they're like she's doing coke in this you know, in right. this trailer, like, th- this is a kind of a crazy role to take on. And I guess it's, like, it has a little bit of uh, kind of, like, pre-knowledge about it. Like, well, it's it's, it's Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds mm-hmm. and, and all that. But at the same time, it's, it's uh, um, I don't know, there's, there's some heavy stuff in there. But it's, it's, it's played very, like, there's really funny moments, but she does get to be... Meryl. Right. Still, like like self-deprecating, yeah, yeah. but having to play an addict who is high-functioning, has to yeah, go to work on this yes. set. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and does make you wonder, you know, like you said, Meryl surely had the stuff to draw from. Yeah. But I'm sure Meryl and all her years in the business, even up to this point, yeah. you know, probably saw some. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and knew what it was like to work opposite people who weren't, you know, fully... There. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and I guess you get this sense that, like, she's taking this cop movie as just, like, this is all I can take right It's now, something right? to pay the mortgage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, what do you want me to do, Mom? You know, this is what is... This is... this is These are the types of the work jobs that are being now. offered to me. Yeah. Did you... Uh, I saw who directed Hollywood Vice Squad, Pete. It's Penelope Spheres. Okay. I thought that was so interesting. All right. From Wayne's World? From Wayne's World. And, and Decline um, of Western Civilization. Western Civilization. Yeah. Love it. That's an interesting subject. Yeah, I feel like she usually did, like, kind of music-adjacent projects. But Although with the whole... With the whole cop uniform thing, it, it does seem like the easy thing for Carrie to draw from and be like, this was ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to make this the kind of fake, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also just c- the kind of movie that would cast Carrie Fisher as a cop. Right. Too, which is so <laughs> silly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, like, 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 and and even in postcards, you know, how tough does Meryl really look? You know, (laughs) yeah, 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 that's true. (laughs) And, and, and and of course, you know, we have to get to there's a there's a prostitute in this movie played by Annette Benning. One scene, but she's so cute in it. So I I, I think she's she's playing this role really well. Just like this, she's she's an actress. She's a working actress. She's like, oh yeah, I know him. (laughs) Yeah, I was with him on Saturday, and it's like. <laughs> when did you see him last? Uh, I don't know. A couple days ago. 
Um, Saturday. Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon. <gasps> yeah, why? Uh, I was with him Saturday night. That's two girls in one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's just the ones we know about. Imagine what you could pick up about him if you got one of those satellite dishes. <laughs> How can you laugh? It's completely disgusting. Especially in this day and age. Hey, you look like somebody who can take care of herself. Buy some condoms. Don't feel bad. He, he, he probably really likes you. Yeah. Hey, he, he didn't give you his big Walt Whitman speech, did he? The, the, the one about genius? I don't think so. Well, see, that's a good sign. That's his standard pickup line. That and the, the big Cambodian speech. <laughs> oh, and the thing about smelling like Catalina. That I've heard. Well, it's not bad. One out of three. You're obviously getting some new stuff, which means he must like you. So, well, he goes out with lots of people. Oh, yeah, sure. That's his big thing. <laughs> Women. You know, so if you can just enjoy yourself with him, like he's enjoying himself with you. That's what I do. <clears throat> I'm in it for the endorphin rush. Endorphin. Whatever. She's just like, what know, about whatever. it? You know, yeah. th these things happen. <laughs> you work with people. Come on. Because I feel like there are people in the industry that are like, Yes, if you are working on a project with someone and you're like have love scenes or sex scenes or whatever, then yeah, you're fucking in real life. And just yeah. some people are just like, yes, that's how it is. And there's other people who are like, no, it's not like that. It's just acting, blah, blah, blah. I separate yeah. it. But I think that there are some definitely people in the industry that are just like, whatever, grow up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're all adults. <laughs> <laughs> or like, this is what's going to happen to you. This is what he's going to say to you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, lo I love the, uh, Annette's scene, and I love that she says, oh, did he use this line? Did he use the Cambodian speech? Oh, did he tell you you smelled like Catalina? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is that? You smell like Catalina? Yeah. An island? <laughs> An island? <laughs> Just be like, I, I've been to like, Catalina. It smells like fishing. You smell like salty ocean. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Smell like the beach, but I love that you know good. that he he had these you know lines he would use on people. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. really funny in that scene. Yeah, she's she's good. And she's she's playing the hooker in yeah. the cop movie, so she's got this, like, been a big year for Annette Benning. Dress. Yeah, it's it was the same a huge year, year as uh, as the Grifters. She's nominated for the Grifters. Yep. Oh wow, okay. big big year. Okay, she's wearing her mermaid prostitute outfit uh, <laughs> designed by uh, Scott's favorite costume designer and Ross. And Ross. It's, it's oh. designed by the little old lady on the bus yeah. on the bus stop from Barbie. Oh. <laughs> The great Anne Roth costumes. Okay, all right, that works. I mean, she's a big collaborator with Meryl Streep. Yeah, mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't even and doesn't have to do anything fancy with her in this movie, but for sure <laughs> for surely she gets some nice you know wraps yes. and uh, yeah yeah she got a couple of couple of gowns in there some sequins some furs yeah the piano the piano dress or, yes that number that she sings at the rehab party is like oh yeah great yeah. And, love and, it. In reading about that, it's so you know you have like the top shelf talent involved when Stephen Sondheim has written special lyrics for Shirley MacLaine <laughs> to, to to add in because she doesn't just sing "I'm Still Here." She sings altered lyrics okay. to the song okay. that Sondheim added in for the movie. Okay, so forgive forgive me. "I'm Still Here" is from Follies. Follies. Yes. Okay, and this is a 
play. And we're gonna and we're gonna add in and we're gonna add in some lyrics just for Shirley. Adding in lyrics just for Shirley. That's cute. Okay, I like that. And but they're but they're fitting of the character and the situation. Like they're really. Oh yes, it's it's this song about you know being triumphant and Mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah, yeah, just what a what a trip. And also, if you want to draw it back to the year. Uh-huh. This he, was the year of Sondheim's he, EGOT. He won, he, oh. he won his Oscar for Dick Tracy. This was Dick Tracy sooner or later. Mm-hmm. What was the song Wait that a was... Wait no, Sondheim. Wrote. Yeah. Yep, sooner or later. It's, it's oh how he got God. his Oscar. Yep. Madonna dropping that wow. number on the Oscars. Wow. Um, and the song from the very end is the one that was nominated with it, right? Yes. The Shell Silverstein, yes, Mr. Giving Tree. Shell Silverstein, oh so weird. What yeah. an interesting, what very so weird. weird. Is I'm, he just like good friends with Mike Nichols or something? I don't and that's know. That's just how we got Maybe, that. Yeah. But he 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 did write other songs, but yeah, poems, <laughs> books. <laughs> I mean, where the sidewalk ends. Yeah. Shit slaps. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Still love it. Yeah, I'm checking out. It's like Shell Silverstein. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know how when you shoot these Hollywood movies when there's a musical number how they're performed live. Oh, yeah. you know how that goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> Why is she doing like an actual concert in this movie shoot? She's doing the whole yeah. scene. And then he calls cut and then they keep going. Yeah, keep going. Song. Keep, it just like, it just right, kind of turns right. into it just kind of turns into a, concert. A, a Robert Altman movie. The whole credits. Yeah. yeah. Pan out. We'll mm-hmm. keep panning out seeing more and more of the crew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was wild. Okay. So we talked a little bit about Dennis Quaid. Gotta bring it back. Gotta bring it back to Dennis. Oh yes. And this character. Kind of in and out of the movie, real quick. But I, I don't know. I think it's a good kind of. I mean, uh, Jack Faulkner movie fuckboy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She says you sound like a rug salesman, Jack Faulkner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting how when he does see her on the set later on yeah. of the cop movie, and he gives her that weird song and dance about like high school. Yeah, sure. like we're gonna go and to the reunion, yep. and then did you hear about this guy? And then he did this thing, and she's like, "Oh, what okay. a sneaky man!" I get it. Um, Beverly High. Yeah. Have you seen? <laughs> there's a. Uh, I saw this clip on YouTube, but it was probably on TikTok earlier. Uh, it's Jamie Lee Curtis is doing an interview with um, Tiffany Haddish. Oh, okay. For. Haunted Mansion. They had a really good time on that press tour of the little that they did of it. (laughs) Yes. And the interviewer is talking to Tiffany Haddish. And he's like, oh, I just learned that Lakeith, he grew up in Riverside, Mm -hmm. which is in Southern California. And Tiffany Haddish is from Colton. And they're next to each other. And the guy's like, I grew up in Riverside. And she's like, oh, we're like, cool. (laughs) She's like, I'm from Colton. He's like, I know, you're from Colton. And like, they're like laughing and having a kiki. And Jamie Lee Curtis is sitting there, and she goes, hello, Beverly Hills. <laughs> and the guy goes, yeah, but that's like... That's different, that's though. That's different. And she's like, it's right there. And he goes, no. And then, so then he keeps, like, laughing with Tiffany. And they're like, oh, we have to do, like, a, a group chat, like, an IE group chat. We'll get Lakeith in there. And Jamie Lee goes, what's, the, what's IE? <laughs> and he goes... And they both got the same time. Inland Empire. And she's like, Inland Empire? Only, <laughs> <laughs> only the working class use IEP. Yeah. And, and they're like, you know, it's like, you know, Riverside, San Bernardino, Colton. And she's like, 
yeah, I'm from Beverly Hills. And they're like, just stop. Oh, Jamie. <laughs> Poor little Jamie. But she's like, it's all L.A. Yeah. She's like, it's all L.A. We're like all L.A. people. Like, we're all, you know. That's so West funny. West Side, <laughs> you know. And the guy's like, yeah. And to think of little Jamie, you know, just going from set to set. And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it, it reminded me of that when she said Beverly High, and I was like, yeah. "Oh my!" Because of course, like, you know, uh, Carrie would have grown up in Beverly Hills. Like, I'm sure that's where because that's where right. '50s movie stars bought their homes, Beverly Hills and Bel Air, and raised their kids yeah, right. in Beverly mm-hmm. Hills and Bel Air. Like, I don't think like Hollywood elite is really living in Beverly Hills anymore. No, but they did then, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and you could, and that's when like. Maps to the stars' homes and all that. You get right. on Hollywood Boulevard and you just keep going down Hollywood yeah. Boulevard <laughs> until yes. you get to, you know, West Hollywood and then it becomes Beverly Hills and then there's Lucille Ball's house and there's yeah. probably Debbie Reynolds' house. Yeah. You know? Um, it's like all the, it was like the Burbank migration. Uh, yeah. Like studio yeah. stars. Yeah. Um, that's so funny. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it just reminded me of that because I saw, uh, Day before yesterday, I was doing laundry and I was just like going through Instagram and I was like, oh, this is amazing. I should have saved it. I didn't save it. I'll try and find it. We'll he's, try to find it. But Dennis is such a player in that scene. Oh my God. Yeah. He, yeah, he really he's, is. He's really well cast. But I, but I bought it. Right. Yeah, I bought yeah. it. I bought yeah. it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and you, okay. You know what I didn't buy? You know what I didn't buy? It's date one. Granted, they had had this initial, weird little, yeah. this initial kind of coupling where she, OD'd and he dropped her off at they, the hospital. And they, they so, met at a party and they ended up back in his yeah. house. And yeah. So, so and neither she, one of them came off great right. in that first meeting. Granted. Second meeting, let's go on a date to my ranch in Malibu. Okay. I'm in love with you? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that was my little like... That jump. All right. Now I'm skeptical. I um, mean, classic fuckboy movie. But I was skeptical in the to like, maybe we'll just get her in a bed. Not like... And I literally just right. got here from fucking an Ebony. <laughs> yeah, more for him more more for him to say it, less for her to be kind of desperate to Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I feel you. And then still stuck in the costume that you know, you're trying to figure out, okay, so did she was oh she on gosh. a break from set? Oh my God. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's just like, Fuck it, I am out of here. Um, but yeah, when he goes he goes to pick her up and it's like he's gotta pick her up at the house and she's living with she's living, you know, with Doris. So it's like <laughs> Oh my god, Doris. What if somebody won? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um but I don't know. He he may he may be a classic Hollywood fuckboy, but it's fucking Dennis Quaid, man. I mean we've we're all about You can't you can't, we're, we're can't all beat about, that smile. We're all about Jack Quaid too. Love Jack Quaid. Love Jack He's Quaid. Great. I can see a lot of both of them in I him. can see a lot of <laughs> young Dennis and Jack Quaid. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. No, you look at him and you're like, that's, yep. that's totally Meg Ryan Dennis. You guy. see both of them. Yeah. yeah. You see Meg's eyes. You see it, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, we love Jack Quaid. Shout out to Star Trek Lord Dex. <laughs> Six foot drink of water. Yeah. He's a very tall Good boy. Good looking kid. He's a very tall boy. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's like De- Dennis is a piece of shit in this and he kind of comes and goes, but he's he's just so handsome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I kind of get it. He's just so handsome. Can't and he's got him. that slamming bod. <laughs> <laughs> Any excuse to get his shirt off, I'm telling you, he was not well, in the especially, movie. Especially at this time. In this decade yeah. where, yeah, if he was in the movie, that shirt was coming off. 
And it was I probably mean, close to a shower. I mean, we've talked about me pausing my laser disc of inner space when I was a kid. <laughs> Absolutely. Of when you get that butt shot. When Meg Ryan gets in the car. Absolutely. Yeah. Mike Nichols, you know, Mike Nichols and Ann Roth had a talk, and they're like, when he runs out, <laughs> you know, you know, he doesn't need to be having that. He doesn't have to button that shirt up. Come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forget about it. <laughs> I do love when she shoots her prop gun at him. <laughs> it's blanks. <laughs> they're blanks. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> and, and also, we didn't say about Annette saying, and dolphins rule. And dolphins, yeah. The and dolphins kick in. It was like, did she just say, oh, okay. It's a joke. <laughs> yeah, it it is. Um, being insured on this movie, it is. I love when she comes home and Doris Shirley is sitting in the dark. You know, mm-hmm. having waited for her and being like, you know, I was worried and like, you know, you can't be doing this. You know, what's what's going on? Um, because it leads to that whole conversation about you know, on the stairs that you know the big the big thing on the stairs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, famous scene. Famous scene. Twirl. It twirled. It twirled. Up. <laughs> World up. <laughs> but you weren't wearing any underwear. Well. Well. <laughs> Would you rather have Joan Crawford for a mother? Lana Turner? Those are the options. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. Because Lana Turner's daughter also wrote a book, right? I, I think I think so. that's the thing. Yeah. I think Lana Turner's children Well, there's a whole, like, genre of... Like, oh, right. But I think right. she was one of the other ones that got the that got the mommy dearest treatment. Yeah, like a yeah. whole genre of disgruntled children of celebrities right. who write books. Right. Well, I mean, disgruntled or severely beaten. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it Neglected, was beaten. Yeah, because it was those. It was them, and then then Bing Crosby. I think were the ones that really yeah mm-hmm. yeah, like, yeah beat the hell out of their kids. Yeah, those were the ones that were like this was gnarly. Um, yeah, because I was, I was like, wait, did she, was that one of the ones where they where the, they fully accused her of like physical abuse? And I, I think it was. It might have been. Um, I'm sure she didn't love it. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, the, that 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 whole scene is great. And you know, on the one hand, she's she's sitting up and she's waiting for, or, you know, uh, Doris is sitting up and she's waiting for Suzanne to come home from the date. She's like. You know, you didn't call. And, of course, this is... It's 1990. Cell phones exist, but they're a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. So she's just like, you didn't call. Like, I was worried. And it's like, on the one hand, you're like, she, you know, she's a grown-ass woman. She's, yeah. like, in her 30s, ostensibly. She can stay out all night if she wants to. But for Doris, the mother, she's like, you literally graduated from rehab. Yeah. A month ago. Right. You know, so I, you can't, like, me as an adult, I can see. I feel like as a kid, I would have been like, what the hell? She's waiting up for her. Oh, my God. Like, classic my mom. But then I'm like, yeah, she did just come out of rehab. Like, you don't know, like, where she was or who she was with. We don't know anything about, you know, uh, Jack Faulkner. Is he, like, yeah. plowing her full of drugs? Like, we don't know. So it's like, yeah, she is within her rights to be like, I was worried about you. And even beyond the insurance and the worry... To see how, I mean, and I think this gets into probably a little crossover with real life, Uh how involved Doris is, not only in her daughter's career, the project she's picking, what she's doing, even uh, when Dennis Quaid comes in. Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of, who she's she's dating. She's kind of sizing him up when when she answers the door. (laughs) Yeah. But also, too, you could think about it of uh, if Doris is really that analogous to Debbie. If this is her like third or fourth husband, then right. she too could be like, well, <laughs> right, you know, been there, be a little wary, you know, been there. It's like you kind of got to watch out for who the hell you're just gonna 
go out with right. that tells you that they love you on the first date. Yeah, like I'm going to be skeptical. <laughs> I am going to be skeptical of this yeah. situation. Yeah. 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 But uh, but that argument on the stairs is amazing. And she's like, oh, you always remember the bad things. You don't remember the big the big band that I got for that same birthday party. But it's like. <laughs> no, it's just how. I'll remember how you <laughs> humiliated me. How my skirt twirled up. <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, like you say, there are there are certain lines that pop out very carry, mm, especially yeah. in this scene. But also just the the one there where she says, you know, I make some mistakes, but I'm human. Right. It's just very like. Yeah. Very carry. I mean, probably a conversation in a fight that she had with her mom. That yeah. she was kind of remembering the exchange that I'm sure that Debbie probably told that to her. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's. Um... Yeah, I think I feel like you kind of everybody gets to that point where you either have the conversation with your parents where they say that, or you realize there's just people. You know right. what I mean? Like, they're just, you know. Yeah. I think it's wild of getting to that age of when you hear, not necessarily your relationship with your parents, but your parents' relationship with your grandparents. And kind right, of stuff right. that you when didn't, you, yeah, that you you didn't really it, catch that, yeah. when you were younger. But now that you're getting older, you can kind of get a little more real with your parents. Right. And you can kind of gauge that relationship a little clearer. Yeah. 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 Parental siblings, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All these things you come to be like, oh, this is yeah. why you're, or th- or things that you this. kind of blame them that are kind of are just a uh, a product of their time. When she's like, you gave me sleeping pills when right. I was a kid, and she's like, they were over the counter, yeah, they were healthy, like yeah. they were good for you. They were over, they were not illegal, right? And you know, uh, you you couldn't sleep. And it's like, I feel like our parents, my grandparents, we've said crazy stuff like that. And like, oh my God, and smoking about, and they were like, they told us smoking was good for us. Like, we. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, you talk to your parents who are talking about their parents who, you know, smoking just was nothing around the yeah. dinner table until, you know, yeah. somebody, it, somebody quit or something. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like to blame them. It's like they, you know, that just makes them feel guilty for doing stuff that they didn't know was bad. Right. You know? Um, one of the quotes that, I mean, I feel like I don't know if if Carrie penned this originally or if it's just an old one that she kind of threw in there. But um, Doris tells Suzanne, like, you, you always want instant gratification. And she said, ah, instant gratification takes too long. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that seems very. That's correct. a good one. That's a good one. And I don't know if I don't know if that's directly from Carrie's brain or if it's just. Who who knows? Does that go all the way back to like did Plato say it? <laughs> but but um, you can yeah you can totally imagine yeah that's very it's very much like that's out of that's in the Carrie Fisher <laughs> and just and the way Meryl says it she's just like uh, she says it so like oh my god don't don't tell me that I, you know right. I only she says it just so like flippant and just so like pissed off like and I just imagine Carrie reacting that way yeah. with that. With that. With that statement. But how, and also this like, this time where it's so much about the outer appearance of how, how we're looking, especially a family in the spotlight. Yeah. Yep. How we are supposed to look and present to the public. I mean, even later when she says, you know, don't let them see you ache or was it your ass? You know, yeah. Don't let them, you know. <laughs> yeah. Was it, yeah. Was it, you know, just, you know, we have to. Or was it your ass? Or was yeah. it your ass? <laughs> you know, put, put on this front, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, it's the it's the very last scene of Shirley. It's her. Uh, she doesn't have a wig on. Yeah. Of that, that transformation, you're this, though. You're seeing this character oh, stripped down. So good. And you get this really moving moment with Meryl, with Meryl's character. Yeah. Where she's with with Suzanne, where she's putting on the makeup, and she puts the she wraps her head in a turban, you know, and she's getting her ready to kind of face the press. because she doesn't have yep. a wig and it's her real yep. hair and it's it's very thinning and it's gray. It's still dyed, but the roots are coming out and all that. The eyebrows and, were direct. They did that to Debbie. They, oh, they, 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 oh yeah. And, but the thing is, it's like I. Uh, the women that I was raised by are all pretty cha-cha, right? And so I got everybody, cha-cha mom, everybody cha-cha plucked grandma, their eyebrows like that. And my aunt Margie, we always—it's just like a little joke that she has no eyebrows left because <laughs> she they plucked them all out, yep. you know, in the fifties, and they just never grew back. And it's but it's this thing that it's like my mom and my and her sister, like they knew how to put my grandmother's makeup on her face at a certain age when she couldn't, you know, put on her makeup for herself because even at that age, she didn't want to show her gray hair or, or thinning hair or, or not have any eyebrows out, you know, on this is what she wants to look like or, and we know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and daughters knowing how to do that for their mother. And that scene where she's just, she starts putting on at first, she's, they're talking about the eyebrows and they mention and they yeah. shave them off and they never go back. Mm-hmm. And so I think she's going to initially put the eyebrows on. She puts on lashes. She puts on fake lashes <laughs> in the hospital yeah. bed. And I was like, Oh bitch, we're doing a full <laughs> face. Mm-hmm. We're doing a five minute face. And yeah, she wraps that turban around her head. I think it's my, I think it's my favorite scene. Yeah. Of the entire movie. Glues on those lashes. And it's just yeah. like, boom, she gets up, puts on the fur coat and she's, she's Doris Mann. What does she say? It's like, I always knew it's is more looking old. Getting old was okay. Right, right. right. Yeah. But it's looking old, yeah. I wasn't ready I wasn't ready to look old. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking yep. of family dynamics that I kind of forget about is that <laughs> Shirley McLean and Annette Bennett yes. have kind of a tumultuous <laughs> well, they're sister relationship. Law. They're they're like in laws with each other. Well they're yeah. I don't know if it's tumultuous. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's fine, but it's uh yeah, sister in law. Oh, I bet that I bet that relationship is complicated. <laughs> well, Shirley is mm-hmm. a complicated yep. woman. Shirley is definitely a complicated woman. I think, it, I think and it comes through in, in in the characters that she performs. You know, she's she's Shirley McLean, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, soon after this movie, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, this such an interesting yeah. relationship is yeah. that I mean, I want to go to that Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. And how many people, you know, Nowadays, the kids, right? You know, make that connect, that Beatty Shirley MacLaine sister right? brother yeah, connection. Yeah, I remember. I did I not. I, it yeah. found, for a while. It yeah. took me a hot second a hot to second, realize yeah. that yeah. it yeah. happens. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Shirley MacLaine and Meryl Streep, fifteen years apart. Right. Meryl is seven years older than Carrie. Meryl's just so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Meryl has a very interesting face. I think yeah. if she was not Meryl Streep, not a household name, yeah. just some woman on at the, you know, yeah. the Whole Foods, I would be like, that is a very interesting looking woman. A, a, a very striking looking <laughs> yeah. woman. Yeah, I think Carrie mm-hmm. put it as, the thing with Meryl is, she's luminous. Sure. Yes. Yeah. And that adds a lot to just her in general, I think. Yeah. 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 Probably just how she can just transform yeah. into characters too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Shirley and Debbie Reynolds are the same age. I think Shirley oh, okay. might have been a year younger. We need to appreciate Shirley at 
while we still have her. Not to get like dark, yeah, but no, like I we know. have to we have to appreciate Shirley MacLaine as she's still with us. I can perform every scene from <laughs> Still Magnolias mm-hmm. as any character. As all the characters. I can as do the entire movie as a one and just, a one man show. Just so the, all, we can appreciate that. Really. I mean, I think that we've mentioned this on our Steel Magnolias in terms of Endearment episode, mm-hmm. but a career like Shirley MacLaine, I mean, she was an ingenue in the fifties. Yes. So I just feel like she's been around forever. Yeah, I mean, like, like I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like she's con- literally contemporaries with with Debbie Reynolds. Yep, same age, mm-hmm. and, um, and was triple threading it. Yes, you know, working with Bob the, Fosse the whole and, time. You know, yeah, uh, uh, what is I, I'm blanking now on the the movie Sweet Charity. Sweet Charity. Yeah. <laughs> the Fosse. 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 One. Um, yeah, I think I read that 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 she was up for Molly Brown, you know, and lost the part to to Debbie. Um, the, the age thing though, that means that Debbie Reynolds was 22 when she had Carrie. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, if the, if the dates all line up with Carrie and Meryl's age difference and Meryl and Debbie's age difference, I mean, that puts Debbie at 22 when she had Carrie Fisher. And women like Debbie and Shirley too, I mean, when they're 22, I mean, just women just sort of presented differently back then that they do not look like young millennials now or like young like Gen Zers. It's <laughs> yeah, just like yeah. you just sort of had to carry yeah. yourself as you were an older person back then. Sure. And, and, what, and what a weird thing to be on the cover of all these magazines, you know, especially because she's with Eddie Fisher. Yeah. Before that, uh, you know, yeah, goes away. Just to be presenting that a certain way. Yeah. Um, no, she, I'm sorry. She wasn't 22. She was 24. 24 I was going to say, so it's, yeah, so it's not far after Singing in the Rainbow. Yeah. Together. Yeah. yeah. Good. 56. Meryl was born oh, in 56. Okay. I mean, it's, it says she was born in 32. And she's supposed, she's supposed to have been 19 uh, during Singing in the Rain. Something like that. Something like that. Which, I guess that tracks. Yeah. Singing wow. in the Rain was what, 50, 52? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that does make sense. I wow. thought it was 49. 52. Okay. Wow. Yeah, 24 yeah. is so young <laughs> <laughs> it's so young, but they just sort of read so but much older. But they look older. so mature. But that's the mm-hmm. thing. You know, we look at our parents' yearbooks yep. from the 70s, and we're like, these people look like grown-ass accountants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but her her and um, her and Eddie Fisher were probably like young starlets, you know? Get that's married crazy. quick. Yeah. But that was Hollywood. That was, a, that yeah. was the machine that they were pumping out these stars. Like, Pair off. Yeah. Oh, man. That's how uh, these gorgeous movie stars were uh, married to little Mickey Rooney. <laughs> I mean, you know, Mickey Rooney in the in the good old Judy Garland like days when they were kids, he was really a, a good looking little kid. He was cute. He was a cute little boy. Like yeah. it's so funny because I just have this picture in my head of him as an old man, but he wasn't always an old man. <laughs> right. He was a good. He was an attractive young man when he was. You know, we didn't just jump to Pete's Dragon. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. In my head, it's always Apple Dumpling Gang. <laughs> Wait, is that, is that him? Apple, Apple Dumpling Gang? Oh, I don't remember. Don Knotts? I think he's in that. I'll have to check. I'll have to check. <laughs> we'll check that one yeah, out. Yeah, that's, that's an old Disney one. Yeah, the Mickey, <laughs> the Mickey jump in our heads is very, uh, it's quicker than it was, but. Yes, yes. <laughs> he was uh, quite the little star there with, with, with Judy. <laughs> Apple Dumpling Gang. Oh, it's games. Tim Conway. Yeah. It's Tim Conway. Uh, Don Knotts yeah. and Tim Conway. It's Tim Conway. That's what I'm thinking of. No, he was funny. He was, yeah, yeah. Not as cute as Mickey, as, uh, as Mickey Rooney. 
But um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that that scene that scene with they're they're kind of like closing scene together in the in the hospital room is mm-hmm. it's great, yeah. Um, but again, it's that thing where it's like, is Doris an alcoholic? You know, like is it just? I I took the scene where she's she's making this shake. You right. Know, it's the morning. She's making a shake. She puts in yogurt, all this fruit, bananas, you know, all this stuff, and then tops it off with some vodka. Boom, tops off the vodka. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's a that's a gag. That's that's a, a gag. That's a button. That's that's Carrie saying like this is a, a funny little thing. Right. Is Doris Mann going to blend this up and drink this <laughs> this vodka smoothie? <laughs> right. I don't know, maybe, but she, you know, she was back in the car out of the driveway and just hit a tree. I don't know. And all these, like, you know, women of that era we hear about, you know, yes, I'm sure to for many it was alcoholism, but yeah, for so many yeah. we just, we hear about, you know, presented as she loved her little after-dinner cocktail every day at the same time, you know. Sometimes right, it just got right. a little out of hand. Yeah, yeah. sometimes it got yep. out of hand. Sometimes one turned into four, you know. Yeah. yeah. We, also, we all saw Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the time, man. She said, F damn kids. And she said, F damn kids, where's my martini? <laughs> These martinis are ready. <laughs> Looking at carry on your wall as we speak. Yes, Return of the Jedi. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Pete has a Pete has a Carrie Fisher tattoo. Did you know that? Oh, that's right. Yes, he does have it. That's a memorial. Um, I got it done right after she passed. Uh, this is my memorial arm. It's turning into. It's just got my disgusting, bloody, <laughs> patched up one right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're losing some of our our heroes. Yeah, yeah, but that's why, like Scott said, we gotta we gotta appreciate Shirley. Yes, because <laughs> yeah. she's. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I I think I've talked about it before on on this show. In the late eighties, early nineties, Shirley. That's when she kind of released her books. That's when she kind of had this whole. Oh, she was like, having a big moment at this time. The past lives, yep. you know, all this the out uh, out on a ledge or out on a limb. Yeah, that that you know that book. Uh, it was it was a big deal. She was having a, a moment, but um, you know, for better or for worse, she was talked about yep. a lot. You know, I think Letterman and and Carson had a oh had some fun if. An actress were to behave like that now, they would be raked through the yeah, coals yeah. on stuff like Twitter and TikTok. Yeah, and yeah. late yeah. night. Yeah, and late night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but I think that it all just kind of everybody was just like, "Oh, surely." I think the books were pretty successful. I, yeah, they were pretty <laughs> she successful. Continued to work. Mm-hmm. So. I was gonna say the way that that type type of book mm-hmm. at that time was selling, you know, it was a huge thing. Yeah. It's like when Harry met Sally, someone's looking at you in, <laughs> in personal, personal growth. growth. <laughs> someone's staring at you in personal growth. <laughs> but the yeah. self-help, you know, yeah. new age. And, but it was very tied into like the National Enquirer. And I loved that bit about the National Enquirer at the yep. beginning where she's like, you know, where Doris is like, well, you know, they're saying in the Enquirer. And she's like, well. Taking that as gospel, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the the but bit, that's the women of that age. I was going to yeah. say in Hollywood. It remind, well, it also reminds me of women of that age because it makes me think of lot a lot when you talk about your grandma. M- me, yeah, yep. 
My grandmother had a subscription to I the National Enquirer. I remember when I first started going out with you, reading the National Enquirer when I would go over to your mom's house. Yep. Because she would get the back issues Nana from Maggie, yeah. Nana Maggie would like would yep. like the crosswords. She liked everything. She liked the yeah the crosswords, is str- the horoscopes. Yeah. TV guide. It was great. T- yeah. We had we always had a subscription to TV Guide, the National Enquirer, and People Magazine. Oh, always. Yeah. My People grandma know. always had People Magazine. Yeah. That that was a that was a crossword that I could do. Oh yeah. TV Guide I could do. Yeah. Enquirer, obviously. Um, and I would read those inquirers <laughs> cover to cover. Little Pete knew what was I'm going on. I'm telling you. And they didn't just, I mean, it, this was the 80s and the 90s, so they weren't, they weren't as like crazy right wing. Like, yeah. Right. It, was, it was before, yeah. it was before politics yeah. took over. It was more fun then. Yeah. And it was, the, it, it was not the weekly world news, so it wasn't like Batboy and like, Bat you know, <laughs> pregnant man gives birth to alien baby kind of thing. Um, it was just celebrity rag. Right. Uh, but there was also be like human interest stuff like thrown in there, <laughs> so there would be good like, you know, like baby fell down the well kind of like <laughs> yeah. stories would be thrown in with with the gossip. Yeah. But all the horoscopes. What I loved was that whatever month it was, it it would be celebrity birthday. So it would tell you like who's you know for the week. It would say like whose birthday it is this week. Oh. Their signs. So you always knew like celebrity signs. So when it got around to like your birthday, you'd be like, oh, who's my sign? Um, because it was just so like celeb focused, and I love the Enquirer. <laughs> Loved it. The good old it days. Anymore. Yeah, it's 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 nonsense now. Not like People Magazine, the real newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, people now it's like influencer culture. You know, it's and wild. oh, and People Magazine and the National Enquirer as well. They both do that really good thing, where all of their uh, like tabloidy. Uh, celeb gossip stuff it's all completely speculative and all they just a source an, yeah. ins, an insider right, right. someone close to them and you're just like girl come on yeah at 12 I'm like come on people magazine <laughs> name them <laughs> say their name say their name <laughs> <laughs> it was always a source a, a source. source close to so and so I'm like oh my god a source close to the family says. yeah Never. It's just a source and like completely made a up. source from accounting. Yeah, exactly. Says, source from yeah, yeah. from the, yeah, the guy who like let me in the building this morning. Yeah, <laughs> nonsense, nonsense. But uh, yeah, I did love that. Yeah. I did love that little bit about earlier in the movie about people or about the Enquirer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's an interesting little slice of playing with what's real. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just uh, it, there's also that time, like I said, of these. 50s era celebrities and their kids, you know, I mean, now obviously there's like the big talk and, and Jamie Lee Curtis is leading the, the Nepo baby parade, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, there's that, there's that, that generation of, of 50s movie stars that, that lived in, in, in Beverly Hills and then, and their children and those who did grow up to be celebrities as well. The Michael Douglas, Jamie Lee Curtis, Carrie Fisher, yep. you know, all those types of people. And just like how nuts those stories must be. Well, how like, could you measure up to any of their parents? Yeah, too? yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you think about Michael Douglas, like he did kind of start out producing yep. more because it's That's like how we got his Oscar. What the fuck am I going to be like? My dad's Kirk Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I just have I have the finances. I'm just going to help 
yeah. finance one yeah. flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, yeah. And it got yeah. him an Oscar. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then he did like Streets of San Francisco and he's like, this is fun. <laughs> you know? It's and then he be- and then he became everybody's mom's like heartthrob. Moms mm-hmm. love Michael Douglas. It's a fact. Um but yeah, it's it's just a very interesting like era of this Hollywood generational kind mm-hmm. of like Which we always story. have it too. I mean I Yeah, mean, and like a, like we're saying the, within the past few years, I mean TikTok's all obsessed with Nepo babies. Yeah. And you know, we're just we're just talking about Jack Quaid and it's Jack like, Quaid. What the hell like Maya it, Hawk. What is mm-hmm. what is that like Thanksgiving like? Like how's your dad? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> how's his child bride? <laughs> <laughs> did did he marry that girl? Dennis Quaid? I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also, I mean, like, she's like twenty five years younger step, than him or something. His stepmom. Must also, be I mean, age, yeah. Meg yeah. Ryan having a very public affair that was reported a lot that in the was year wh- two thousand. The Russell Crowe one. That was wild. That was crazy. Yeah, the time. And what? And and Jack would have been a little kid at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of like it's not like it's coming back again. It's always it's always been, a thing, been there. It just kind of goes through cycles. Yeah, that mm-hmm. where that people care about, like that people are outraged about it. It's like it's girl, always been yeah, there. There's no, <laughs> come on, it's a tale as old as time, right? Um, but it, but it's interesting. You know, it's something oh, yeah. that's like I would love to be a fucking fly in the wall, like, like we said at, the, at these like ho- holiday like dinners. Oh yeah, I, I want to sit at the I want to sit at the Thanksgiving table at Warren Beatty's house. <laughs> I think that Uma and Ethan are very civil. Yes, I think right. so. I think they're. Friendly. I think they're. I think they're friendly. I think Uma and mm-hmm. Ethan are friendly. So that one, that one's fine. Be a good one. Yeah, yeah. But Dennis and Meg, that's a. I mean, I feel like <laughs> layers. Yeah, layers, layered. Very and much. also like Bruce and Demi. Yeah, oh, well, that's now, a whole. Now, yeah, that's, that's a whole that's, other uh, thing. That's oh, a whole other episode. Goodness. Yeah, but that one always seemed very layered too. But also, but like in a good way. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think Bruce was always kind of cool with with what was going on. Yeah. Um, those three though, the daughters, mm-hmm. they seem like a handful. Yeah, but I love them all. <laughs> I love all three of them and their and their and their craziness, looking looking like Bruce. <laughs> um, yeah, very, I just think it's 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 so it to to me. I th- I think some people are just like, who cares? Like they're rich. Like what problems do they have? Celebrities, blah blah blah. But it's like I don't know. I'm very I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a big theme of this movie too. Is stories. that I mean, Suzanne's character like had it all, and she fucked it up. Sure. Too. Uh, yes. Yep. And she gets told that by several people, like yep. by the grandma. It's by, like, are you looking for sympathy? By Doris, like you were handed everything, and you're throwing it away. I came from nothing. You come from everything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Parents just wanting their the best for their children, no matter what background you come from. Right. 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 You know, I want you to make the right choices, yeah. and you know. How can I help you? Or, you, know. you know, it is interesting too. It's like that's kind of like your goal, right? I guess your goal is like to 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 give your kids a better like life than you had. I guess could could be said for a lot of people, right? But then when you do when you see it, and it's like when you see people that it's like, oh, uh, they have money now, and now their kids have this like life of luxury. What are they gonna do? Like, yeah. not like not <laughs> spend money on their kids, like send their kids to like are shitty gonna, schools. Yeah, I was gonna like, say, are they gonna send them to a shitty private yeah, school? Yeah, like or, no, no, uh, you can't shitty... have that phone that I can clearly afford. Yeah. Like, yeah. of course, of course, they're gonna buy those things for their children, and that's the goal is to not have their kids like 
right. have to, you know, have to have to want for anything. But there's the question of does it kind of engender the kind of uh, Suzanne Vale type that does have everything and gives in to vices or or whatever, ends up kind of throwing it away for for drugs or, or whatever, whatever the vice is, you know, it's like, is that part of that, uh, kind of upbringing of not wanting for anything? I don't know. There's arguments for both, for both sides. It's tough, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting angle that it's brought up to her by different people. Right. I guess just her mom and her grandma, but, but yeah, it's complicated. It's, it's, it's complicated. (laughs) Shit. Starring Meryl Streep. Oh, man. Is there any kind of last reflections about Postcards from the Edge? I'm glad that I finally watched it. Mm-hmm. This has been a movie that I've always mm-hmm. meant to watch, but just have never gotten around to. I'm glad so you did, too. I was glad that you yeah, wanted yeah. to do it for the podcast. When you mentioned it, I was just like, oh, yeah, we have to jump at an opportunity to talk about this movie. To fill your little weird Shirley Carey. <laughs> and also, I mean, I, we've been on a big a, a big Meryl year. We've done, like, yeah. four and 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 wow. this, I mean, as, as you've talked about it before, but this interesting, you know, she devil postcards defending your life, <laughs> death becomes yep. her. Yes, yeah. Era of Meryl, where she takes some interesting, you know, right. chances. She yeah. got the best actress nomination. I think that if they would have pushed Shirley, probably a little more in supporting. Yeah, this did have she some confusion. She probably could have won if they yeah. really went hard in supporting. This did uh, suffer from some category confusion. She did, oh. she, she did get a BAFTA nom in lead and a uh, Globe nom in supporting. And, Meryl? Yeah, no, uh, sorry, Shirley. Shirley, oh. But, uh, yeah. no, Meryl got the Oscar nomination, but um, oh. but yeah, I think some confusion like that, yeah. Wow. 1990 okay. was a really good Best Actress year, too. Yeah. That's the yeah. one that Kathy Bates won. This Is this the uh, oh, Kathy geez. Bates, is it Dance with Wolves year? Yes, and Mary McDonald is in supporting. Okay, I believe that Julia was nominated for Pretty Women. Oh, Pretty Woman! Woman. Yeah. Wow. So who who got who won supporting? Whoopi. <sighs> okay. Yeah, we, we're back to our year. That's right. We're back to our ghost episode okay. where we so talked Whoopi about supporting wins. actress. So if yep. if Shirley would have been nominated for supporting, she would have been in there with Whoopi. Yeah, she probably would have taken well, it's like. Got to be Whoopi. She probably would have taken like <laughs> Annette Bening or, uh, I mean. Wild at Heart, uh, Diane oh, Ladd. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She probably would have taken and, and, their spot. And with that terms win so recent. No, she, you know, sure. Yeah. yeah. What was that? Well, six years was 84, 83. Oh, right. Right. Maybe not so yeah. recent. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Shirley's one of those actresses that she won and she was never back yeah. again. Like, they, they were just like, there it is. We would have then... put her back there for Steel Magnolias. So sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But again, but again, I think that Shirley kind of has a little bit of a reputation, doesn't she? I don't know. I think she has a yeah. kind of quote-unquote <laughs> difficult kind of a thing. So they gave know. her it and they were done. Yeah. You're, like, You're good. <laughs> you can't complain. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, what a, what a great year there. Kathy yeah. Bates. Oh, my God. So good. You guys yeah. haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> We did Misery. We love Misery. Oh, you did. We did Misery. You did. That's right. We did it a few years ago. Guest free. Just Mm -hmm. us. Just us. 200 plus deep, my mind. I mean, uh, yeah. There's a lot of them. It's hard to keep track of Mm -hmm. them all. I'm like, Scott's like, we did a lot of Meryl this year. You tend to have (laughs) themes. We got Carrie Fisher on this one. You've done a few Carrie episodes. I've done a lot of women in peril. (laughs) Ah. Well, or, or struggling with something weird, like Ghost and... 
and Thelma and Louise on the run. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, I am. I'm definitely glad. I'm. I cannot believe that. It took me this long to see this movie, just because it's just... I feel like this is... Carrie, Shirley, like, is right up my alley. I feel like this is one that was not rerun on basic cable all that much. No. Because that's usually when I would have watched a movie like this, if it would have been just rerun on, like, TNT or TBS or something. It does slide in the cracks, and, and, you know, it isn't on a streaming service a lot, and when when it does pop up... It's usually on a TCM kind of thing yeah, where, where you'll yeah. see Mike Nichols, and that's where you'll see Harper and you know, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, okay. yeah, I think for kind of like the tone, maybe for basic cable, I don't know. I think they mostly yeah. do like lighter yeah. comedies, romantic comedies, things like that. But the tone of this one is a little bit more, yeah. I don't know, kind of hard to pin down. Yeah, edgy for sure, if you will. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but definitely worth the watch. Joshua, thanks so much for joining us. Thank You've you had an exciting on. summer. You did some theater work on the East Coast, right? Yes, I was doing a little uh, summer stock myself, doing I a little tick, that. tick, boom in Maine. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was a lot of fun. Fun. Um, that. But yeah, it's great to be back, guys. Yeah, absolutely. This was a ton of fun. Well, we'll have you on again for uh, a movie of your choice. Pick, pick something. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have you on again sometime. But thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. All right. Again. Thanks. Bye, guys. And thanks so much for listening, everybody. Thanks so much. Yes, indeed. Thanks to Josh for coming out again to do another great episode. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm very happy that we finally got to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it took us this long. But, um, you know, I think it's that time in the Pete, episode. It's time. Time for some Patreon shout outs. Patreon shout outs. We'd like to say a great big uh, hello and thank you to all of our patrons, including Brett. Tren, Daisy, Patrick, Kelly, Chrissy, Stephen, Jake, Desiree, Laura, Thomas, Brenna, Jess, a rabbit, Lawrence, Lisa, Alexis, Thomas, Mark, Jackson, Millie, Ted, Benny, Jamel, Melanie, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Jamie, uh, Drew, Genevieve, Dawn, Joshua, Emma, Millie, Aaron, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and finally, Rufino. You guys, thank you so much for being patrons. Um... All of the donations to Patreon go directly to keeping the show on the air, ad-free, every week, coming at you, you know, directly to your ear holes. And um, you can check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash movies that made us gay uh, to see all the fun bonus content that's on there. Yeah, you'll get early episodes if I... I'm done with the episode a little early. I will post it on there. And you'll also get all of our bonus commentaries. Yes, indeed. Watch those commentaries. There are over 30 of them where we pick a movie and we uh, record a commentary as we're watching it. So you can uh, we give you instructions on how to sync it up to the movie so you can play it uh, on your own and then play our commentary track over it. And it's like you're watching the movie with us. So there's over 30 of those. And, uh, you know, if uh, an ongoing donation is something that might be a little bit too much, you know, we're all feeling the burn from all the subscriptions that we're on you can do a single month yeah anything helps yeah you can just do you know for 10 bucks for 30 days you have access to everything on there so lots of fun check it out thank you so much so we'd also love it if you would rate and review the show head over to apple podcasts or spotify and give us five stars yeah we would love to read that yeah and if you actually write a review on apple podcast maybe we'll read it on an upcoming episode um you can follow us on all the socials we're on pretty much everything we're at movies that made us gay on uh instagram and facebook and on X at MTMUG pod. Yeah. X, right? X, uh, you know, 
we're never on that, but we're, we're there. Uh, and I guess we're on threads too. So <laughs> uh, if you want to follow our personals, you can do that as well. My name is Pete. I'm at Peter Lasagna on Instagram and Facebook and uh, X and threads. I'm Scott Youngballer on Instagram and follow my letterbox. See what I'm watching. Yes, indeed. Uh, thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.